0: And the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day uh, comes to us from our epistle reading for the day from Ephesians chapter 1. Especially these verses beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I think we all sort of know how it feels to not be chosen. That middle-aged man who's too tough to cry wishes he could do just that when he gets word that that promotion at work he applied for will not be given to him. That teenage girl tries to get rid of the hurt perhaps with one spoonful of ice cream after another upon finding out that that boy she has a crush on simply has no interest in her the elementary school age boy throws down his bat in disgust and he finds out that the coach has not chosen him to start in the game oh it hurts not to be chosen And it hurts even more, though, when we come to believe that we are worthy to be chosen for whatever the thing is that we want to be chosen for. That middle-aged man was hurt, but even more because he believed that his loyalty to the company and the hard work that he had put in every day had earned him that promotion. That teenage girl believes the way that she befriended that boy throughout many days and sought to do those little things that he liked should mean that she would be chosen as his girlfriend the elementary age boy is certain that if the coach would just start him they'd never lose another game to not be chosen to not be chosen rather hurts especially when you think you deserve to be chosen Our epistle reading for today talks to us about being chosen. And in this case, talks to us about being chosen by God. Our text says that God has chosen us to be holy and blameless before him. It tells us that he chose us way before even the foundation of the world. We're told that he loves us so much that he predestined that we might one day be adopted in the waters of baptism as his sons and daughters in Christ. He tells us that he wanted us to have every spiritual blessing. And so, yes, you are chosen. But let me ask you one question. When you hear that you are chosen by God, are you as excited as you would be if you were chosen by your boss or chosen by that member of the opposite sex, or chosen even by that coach to start in that game? And if not, why not? Our entire epistle reading today is just dripping with the sweetness of the gospel. It's filled with good news. We've already heard some of it, but there's more. We're told, as we said, that we'll be holy and blameless before God. But listen to these other things. We're told that we have redemption through Christ's blood, We're told that all the riches of God's grace are ours. We're told that he has given us wisdom and insight in order that we might understand his purposes and his ways. We're told that we have an inheritance that is ours already and will be given to us on the last day. We're told that he has filled us up with his very Holy Spirit. And we're told that that spirit, well, that's just a down payment on all the good that he will give us on that last day. So how is it possible that sometimes we can hear a text like this, so full of good news, and still feel rather unmoved by it all? Well, I would suggest if that's the case, there are often two things that are stealing the joy we should have when we hear that we have been chosen by God to be recipients of his good gifts. First of all, the gifts that God gives are many times not the things that our hearts are desiring first and foremost. We're so focused at times on what this world can offer us that even when God offers us things that are far better and eternal, we can look right past them as almost as if they're nothing. We can be so worried about our relationships here on this earth that we can almost forget that the most important relationship to have right Is with our Creator. We can be more concerned with looking really smart than we are being truly wise and we can overlook an inheritance that we will receive one day because we're all too concerned with what we might receive today. And secondly all too often I think we convince ourselves that the gifts that God does give to us both in this world and to come are really things that we pretty much deserve anyways. We think we deserve to be chosen in that sense. We'll compare ourselves to others and decide that we're doing pretty good. We'll tell ourselves that those things that are sinful in our life are things that everybody else is doing also, and so they really shouldn't be counted against us. Or perhaps we'll say that some of our sins are just so wound up with our very nature that surely God can't hold us accountable for them. The problem is when we convince ourselves that we are really doing quite well and therefore deserve everything we receive, well then being chosen will be no real thrill for us. We'll simply feel like we're getting what we rightly deserve. And that means that today we need to return to two very basic truths of our faith. And we let, need to let them sink in. Today we must walk away with these things sort of in the forefront of our minds. First off, we deserve nothing good from God. And secondly, he gives us things that are even better than good. Those are the two truths we need to leave with today. That God chooses us, but not because we deserve to be chosen, but rather because he is good and he loves us and he loves to give good gifts to his children. First, though, we must remember that we do not deserve good from God because apart from God, left to our own devices, our attitudes and our actions are certainly not worthy of any praise. Let us just go real quick to our Old Testament and our uh, gospel reading for today to be reminded about how man often deals with the word of God. In our Old Testament reading, we heard how Jeroboam, the king set over Israel by God himself, told the prophet Amos after he had spoken a harsh word to the nation of Israel that he should get out of there and that he should never prophesy again in the midst of his capital city. Now Jeroboam that day, through his priest, was not just telling the prophet to be quiet because he didn't like the prophet. He was telling the prophet to be quiet because he didn't like the word of God that had been spoken by the prophet. Yes, Jeroboam was refusing to live underneath the authority of the true king, God. And he was refusing to hear the word of God that had been delivered to him by the prophet Amos. In our New Testament reading, the characters have changed, but the story is kind of similar. There we hear about King Herod who was established by Rome to rule over the Jews in Jesus' day. But he also would not humble himself under the authority of the true king or under the word of the Lord. In this case, that word was delivered to him by John the Baptist. And Herod nicely rewarded John for speaking the truth to him by throwing him into prison. And then in the end, he had John the Baptist beheaded, as we heard, because while king herod could not yield to the word of the lord he considered his own word that he had spoken to his guests rather unbreakable you and i also apart from the spirit's work in us are not easily humbled by the word of the lord oh in general we may love the word of god as a overall thing But when there's a specific word that seems right aimed at us or at someone we love and care about, or it's aimed right at one of the sins in particular we enjoy, well, then we often refuse to be humbled by that word, just like Jeroboam and Herod of old. Oh, we may not have the kingly power they had to make sure everything goes just our way, But we'll use that one power we all believe we surely have, the power to rule over ourselves. And so we may try to send away from us that one who has spoken a word to us that we do not like, a word from the Lord. We might simply stay away from the places where we know that word might accidentally be spoken in our presence again. Or we might simply go and try to find a new word that would be a little more pleasing to our ears and our lives. Now, apart from Christ and his work, there is nothing in us that makes us worthy of God choosing us. Much to the contrary. If God were simply to judge us by how easily we are humbled when he speaks a word to us, well, then we never should be chosen. And yet, here's the good news. He has chosen you. He has chosen you, not because you should be chosen, but because he wants to choose you. Because he loves you. Yes, he has chosen you and wishes to give to you the very best things that he has. While you might be first and foremost concerned about your earthly health in this life, God loves you so much that he's prepared for you an eternity of life without pain and suffering to be shared with him forever. While you might be worried about the dollars and the cents flowing into and out of your bank account, God has seen fit to make sure that all of the riches of his grace, including an unimaginable inheritance, all, that all of that would be yours. That he would give it to you in that last day. He loves you enough that while you might be concerned about what will happen in this time or in that time, well, God had the bigger picture in mind. The text says that he set in plan a motion that was for the fullness of time that would cover everyone that had ever lived at any point during history. And what was that plan? Well, simply to send his son to the cross to die for our sins, to have him placed into a tomb, and then three days later to raise him back up from the dead in order that your sins might be gone and in order that your life might be assured. If you think that God is holding back the good stuff from you, You don't know what the good stuff is. For forgiveness and life and salvation, given to you freely because of Jesus' death and resurrection, given to you in his church through his Holy Spirit, that's the very definition of good stuff. No, you don't deserve to be chosen. What you have done is not something that deserves recognition from God. It only deserves that you would bow in repentance before him. But if you will allow today through the Spirit's word, God's word, to have its proper authority over you, if you will humble yourself and hear that word and repent of your sins, well, then you will hear the fullness of that word, which not only calls you to repentance, but then raises you up to new life. Today, if you will humble yourself before God, your Father will say to you, I've chosen you. I've adopted you. You're mine both now and forevermore. So come to my table. Eat your Savior's body and his blood and have life in you that is eternal. What God says is true. And so you leave here today knowing that you are chosen. Chosen to receive all of God's good stuff. Chosen to receive Jesus. Receive him again this day, even in his body and blood, and rejoice, for he is yours. And with that, you have everything you need. Amen.